What up, Rin Crew Army, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, we are going to be combining AEW Dynamite and Impact Wrestling into this one podcast episode. That is right. I'm definitely not going to go through the whole entire match card, just the big stories that are happening in both AEW Dynamite and Impact Wrestling. As you know, we use this term called the Forbidden Door. The Forbidden Door basically just represents the fact that AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Impact Wrestling are all working together under a partnership. I obviously do not know any extensive details of the partnership, but it looks like, from my opinion and on the surface level, that Impact is getting a better partnership feel with New Japan rather than with AEW. All three companies should definitely be working together as a cohesive unit to bring us the very best in storytelling, the very best in wrestling, and do not have a lot of missed opportunities. And that is what the partnership feels like only between AEW and Impact Wrestling. I can't say how I feel about the relationship between Impact Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling because they are just starting. The good thing about the New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact Wrestling partnership is that we have Finn Juice. And yes, spoiler alert, if you don't know by now. Bullet Club member ELP El Fantasmo has joined over on the Impact side and he will be part of the X Division and we get to see first time matches between him and the whole entire roster of Impact Wrestling. So I feel like Impact is benefiting more from this partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling rather than AEW. And as we've seen in the past couple of weeks, AEW has not given any ads to Impact Wrestling, which I find kind of weird because Tony Khan wants to be the master and the known person to break down this forbidden door and have things happen and really squash Impact Wrestling when they have their ads playing on Impact Wrestling. But yet then Impact is like, yeah, we'll just take it. You know, we're not going to give anything back to play on AEW programming to boost themselves up. But we haven't been seeing that at all during this whole entire partnership that has been going on. And I think that's where a lot of fans sort of get lost in the shuffle because I mentioned in my previous podcast episode when I talked about the AEW and Impact partnership, nobody wants to see their favorite brand always lose. And now we're in a predicament where it should be war. It shouldn't be very lax. It should be war because your main titles that represent the company that is still around from day one back in the day, those title belts are now over on the AEW side. And there needs to be some type of urgency, some type of brand war to get those back, to have the ultimate storytelling of Yeah, you may have taken the belts out of the Impact home, but that will be the last time that you do it. We're not going to allow this to happen anymore. And bam, you send in your army. And it would have been great if uh, next week on AW Dynamite, which is blood and guts, that a team of Impact wrestlers just destroy everything and basically try to go after Kenny Omega. But let me not get ahead of myself in my fantasy booking. 
And by the way, this podcast episode and my podcast in general is definitely not a smark of a podcast. So listeners out there, don't even comment with that shit saying that my podcast is a smart podcast. It is not. I love to bring value to listeners and viewers and help them think of the bigger picture when it comes to formulating the best storylines possible for the characters that are being shown on our TVs every single week and the best approach to it. Of course, there is one out of a hundred ways a story can go, but if it makes sense for your character to go in option G rather than option A, then G will work best and we'll see how that goes. I like to fantasy book and talk about things that didn't work and how we could definitely fix them. So let's jump right into AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite debuted on April 28th, 2021, and there are only two things I want to talk about and really dive into, and that is Hangman Adam Page losing to Brian Cage and also the pop culture references and wrestling and the Young Bucks and Kenny. So from my understanding... Hangman Adam Page loses to Brian Cage in a very quick manner. And this sort of boggles my mind. And, you know, Hangman has been on this journey, this story of him slipping further down into the barrel. And he's still the anxious millennial cowboy that considers himself a fuck up. And the problem with this is that... It's been going on way too long. And again, I've said this many times before my other podcast episodes. His momentum is not there. Yes, he joined the Dark Order. Yes, he should have gained some momentum. Yes, he's number one in the rankings. So that should be ultimate momentum. But right now he has no momentum. He was on a seven winning streak. That was his momentum there. That could have been his calling card, his stake value into why he's challenging Kenny Omega. Why is he climbing up the ladder to challenge him again? Yeah, we have the rankings and the rankings sort of help to choose the next number one contender in line. But if there was more of a grounded foundation as to why he's doing this, you know, he needs to correct all the wrongs that have wronged him. He feels that he's a fuck up. But guess what? The elite have moved on from Hangman Adam Page. And, you know, that should really bother the hell out of him. That should have a fire in him to want to challenge each and every one of them, want to win his matches against them want to be noticed and definitely at some point have everything forgiven because he still considers himself down and a fuck up while Kenny is out there winning belts, taking belts from other companies. And what's hangman doing? Drinking his sorrows away, being with the dark order, being happy, but that's not fulfilling in hangman's destiny to be champion. It was his destiny to go against Jericho the first time around when they wanted to crown the first ever AEW champion. That is how much faith and that is how much love they had for Hangman. And then all of a sudden it's thrown away to the curve because Hangman did what's best for Hangman. 
as simple as it is hangman did what's best for hangman and in hindsight yeah he fucked up but matt nick and kenny had been fucking up forever so i guess we're both even in that regard when it comes to this whole storytelling plot this whole storytelling story is definitely one big messy story but at the end of the day it's all about friendship or should it be should it be all about friendship because they haven't revisited the little tidbit in bte where it was revealed that matt hardy who has should have never been revealed as matt hardy who sent the text message who was revealed that Matt Hardy sent it and Matt tries to go find Hangman to talk to him about it, but didn't want to go through the door because he saw how happy Hangman was with Dark Order. And Matt thinks that probably Hangman moved on from everything. Like, none of this whole timeline thing makes sense. And then when we finally come to really look at it and they all meet in the ring... Are we going to get the Young Bucks to flip back to being baby faces and sympathetic and console with Hangman to be like, man, we're sorry about what happened before. You know, can you forgive us? Like from a writer's perspective, that would be a very bad way to go. And that wouldn't help anybody in their characters. It would just prove that the Young Bucks being heels and siding with Kenny and Good Brothers was just to play with the fans. And it didn't really mean anything. And, you know, if they did happen to flop, when we finally get to this big meeting of the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page, I definitely do not want to see the Young Bucks side with Hangman and be like, yeah, we were friends the whole entire time. Like, I don't want to hear or see that type of bullshit. What should be happening is that Hangman needs to definitely correct all of those wrongs that have been wronged to him. So that way he could definitely gain his confidence back. I need a Hangman Adam Page that is confident, that believes in himself and believes in his self-worth because... You know, as much as he has this problem with the Young Bucks, outside of everything, they're friends. The Young Bucks would have never brought Hangman with them to anything that they would have done, brought him into the whole friendship, even if it's one-sided or anything, they cared about him. So there is that attachment there. There is that thread that binds them all as friends, but in... The grand scheme of this story, Hangman needs to defeat everyone that has wronged him so that way he can gain closure. And nobody in this story has gained closure yet. Not even Kenny. Kenny hasn't gained any type of closure because he didn't even want to talk to Hangman after he decided to let him fall after that tag match. So no one has any closure, no one's talking about it, and no one wants to really realize that Kenny Omega going after all the title belts in professional wrestling, Kenny Omega being the Thanos of professional wrestling, hasn't found closure yet after what happened. 
and you could definitely see it for someone that wants to go on their own destiny their own road and collect the belts and have match after match and show the world why they are the best bout machine and don't really care about anyone else and not even worried or even talked about that hangman is number one in the rankings like i know kenny knows but kenny hasn't even said a word about knowing that hangman is right behind him because Kenny is not sweating it. Kenny does not think that Hangman is a threat to his current throne at the moment. So that is why we haven't even gotten a sit-down interview or even Kenny mentioning about Hangman. Kenny has always mentioned about himself winning the next championship title and celebrating in-ring style by taking out the main event of Impact Wrestling. And all Hangman wants to do is to avoid the question, the talk of Kenny Omega, which is kind of sad because if Kenny is that quick to drop you because you guys lost some championship titles, then obviously it's not your fault. That's just a characteristic that Kenny has and that Kenny has to deal with. But was it Hangman's fault? No, it wasn't. But then again, there was a lack of communication and thus this is why we are here. And that's Hangman's other problem too is his lack of communication. And I get it. You want to play the anxious millennial person out there you want to represent them but how are you going to change the world for a better place if you're not going to evolve and grow your character and have the narrative of yeah last year I was a anxious millennial cowboy but guess what this year I'm going to be a confident cowboy and definitely take what's mine if your character is not willing to grow for the fans that you want to represent in professional wrestling, then how are they going to grow as well in their daily lives? Like, there's a reason why I love talking about strong male characters in professional wrestling, like Jay White, Hinare. Now Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, even Ibushi, and the list will probably go on and on and on. But I know for a fact that in these guys' characters, for what they present in New Japan and for all of us watching for the backstage comments, that if they happen to fall rock bottom, they will obviously complain about hitting rock bottom and give us this amazing story that... It's time for them to climb back up the ladder and for them to achieve what they always knew that they can achieve. So, for example, the best promo ever for the whole entire year, there is no debate about this, is Jay White's nine-minute monologue right after, unfortunately, he got defeated by Ibushi. But that monologue, man, I listened to that monologue way too many times. And it was only because of the deep storytelling that he told the whole world. And yeah, there was a lot of sympathy behind it. And I was definitely sympathetic towards him and definitely wanted to give him hugs and cuddles to make him feel better. Because that's essentially what you want to do when you're someone's biggest 
cheerleader, whether it's in wrestling or any other sports or anything that people do in life, you get attached to these characters because in some way, shape or form, they remind you of yourself or maybe your goals. And you just get that attachment because you're like, oh, that person is just like me working hard to achieve something in their life. In this case, Jay White wanted to become double champion, but that wasn't the case. But he made a very good nine minute monologue that had me on the edge of my seat and just wanting to help him because he was definitely hurt. He was definitely distraught. And after it all, he realized what was wrong and he decided to make a whole new destino for himself where he'll be righting every single wrong that has ever been done to him without ruining his character without diminishing his worth and all of his abilities that he knows that he could definitely get the job done so it's a different approach than what hangman is giving us another example is just recently how hinare went from babyface to heel and has justifiable reasons why he decided to join the united empire and decided to become heel and take back everything that belongs to him and earn some winnies under his belt and show the new japan roster and the world why he deserves to be there and compete with the best and even Hinari as a babyface, I still cared and empathized with him because you could just see his frustrations and hear it in the way that he delivered his promos. And you wanted to see him succeed as a babyface, but there just wasn't something clicking, even though he has all the talent in the world and he's doing amazing. But him coming out, him joining up with Tanahashi and others that really didn't guide him or that much cared helped mold the Aaron Hanare, the ultimate weapon that we see now in United Empire. And just talking about it out loud, I realized that it's a similar story to Hangman Adam Page. Hangman Adam Page in the very beginning really hung out with the young bucks but still felt like he wasn't fully a part of the group and then when he realized that the young bucks always had kenny's back and didn't really have hangman's back like that hangman started to feel like he was definitely the odd one out of the group and then when he wanted out technically the young bucks really didn't grant him that because they used the power of friendship to keep him in the group but when that fateful day came when Hangman Adam Page made the Young Bucks lose to FTR so that way both Hangman and Kenny wouldn't have to face the Young Bucks in that tag match at full gear, then that is when they officially kicked them out. And it's sort of like your friends were the ones that had your back, but then the moment that you wronged them, and no matter if they wronged you, you're still the one to blame. So that's exactly what unfolded there. And Hangman had been completely removed from the elite. And then he had to go and make his own way into the world of professional wrestling. After that, 
or just in the world of AEW, and it didn't really turn out the best until Dark Order is like, we'll be your friend, and then he's in Dark Order. But nothing drastically changed within Hangman to get him to another level, to get him into a higher step. So the reason why I bring up the strong male characters at the beginning of this and talk about how certain journeys are similar is to give a bigger perspective rather than me just diving into something I don't like and talk about all the negatives about it. And the same way that everyone wants strong female characters It's the same way that I want a strong Hangman Adam Page to be represented on my screen every single week on AEW Dynamite. I need a strong Hangman Adam Page that knows that he's worth it, to know that he's not a fuck up, and that it is his destiny to take the belt off of Kenny Omega when we get there. And I really think that match should happen at full gear. Full gear should be when... The light bulb goes off, the epiphany goes off, and Hangman Adam Page is now a confident cowboy, no longer the anxious millennial cowboy, because he has found growth. He has found structure and foundation within his life and his character. So that way, you as the viewer, you as the fan that want Hangman to succeed as much as I do, we all grew with him. If he continues this mopey cowboy thing, no one is going to grow personally in their life. It's going to be the same old song and it's going to be very sad. And you know what's even sadder? So I mentioned this before on one of my other podcast episodes. Do you guys remember May 24th, 2018? This was the signing between Jay White and Hangman Adam Page for that IWGP United States Championship title. And they had a little mini press conference. Hangman Adam Page says his piece. He's very patriotic. He's very babyface. Jay White comes in. Jay White is the ultimate heel. Jay White says whatever the fuck he wants. And he destroyed hangman adam page in that promo with all the points and the facts about hangman adam page's life and career and him being the lapdog to the elite and everything that he said in that promo still holds true in 2021 and that's a really sad realization And if that promo didn't really kick his ass to evolve the hangman character and make it into something better, then I am not sure how we're going to save hangman Adam Page from himself if all he's going to do is coddle, mope, drink, be with friends that are not going to push him to the very best and have a fan base that's always going to coddle him. And I really do think that the character itself, Hangman Adam Page, definitely definitely needs a kick in the ass to get to where he needs to go. Because time is running out. And to have Brian Cage 
defeat you the way that he got defeated when there is no fight between Team Taz and Hangman Adam Page, not even involving the Dark Order. We're not involving the Dark Order in this conversation at the moment, but because there is no feud between Team Taz and Hangman Adam Page, it makes no sense for them to have this type of match. It makes no sense for them to even cross paths at this point. Only because this isn't year one of AEW. We are in year two and a half, three-ish. It's a little complicated. But if this was year one where we had Brian Cage as an established day one superstar of AEW taking on Hangman Adam Page, I wouldn't have a problem with it. The same thing that we had Ricky Starks for year one taking on Hangman Adam Page, I wouldn't have... A problem with it because then that's how feuds end up being long-term storytelling rather than just some random stuff that just happens on AEW now and to have Hangman lose his seven winning streak to Brian Cage just totally deflates a huge story that they could have ran with you know by the time we would have got to full gear who knows how many wins under hangman adam page's belt would have had when he would have faced kenny at full gear and used that as his motivation as his pride and joy to be like yeah i am day one in aew and while my destiny to become the first ever AEW world champion was taken away by Jericho, I never lost sight of that. And until we had tag teamed Kenny, I never truly realized how much of an egomaniac you actually were. But here we are at full gear with my insert how many wins you think Hangman is going to have by then here. Winning streak. Obviously, the fans still love me and the fans still want me to become champion of AEW. So I'm going to be here to dethrone you. You know, to say something like that, where everything comes full circle, and that would have made it a very interesting story arc when we eventually get here. But at the current rate at which it is going, it feels like it's tucked away in a box and it's going to appear at a weird time in this now brand versus brand war that we're going to be getting. And I really do think that Hangman should use his ranking ability to be front and center in this story and go after Kenny Omega and tell the greatest story of good versus evil. And try to dethrone Kenny Omega, try to stop him at every chance. And if Kenny wants to take more belts, wouldn't it be interesting if Hangman were to follow him to try to stop him from doing that? Because then it just unbalances the whole wrestling world, you know, to have that Avengers feel. And then everybody would get behind it and more eyes would be on AEW product, New Japan Pro Wrestling product. Impact Wrestling product, hell, even Ring of Honor product. Like, there's a lot of ways we could go with this, but if we continue to hold back Hangman and not have him evolve, we're not going to get the story that we deserve to watch. That'll be better than Hollywood movies. And Hangman losing to Brian Cage definitely makes no sense, and it hurts Hangman more than anything else. 
only because we could have built up Hangman with a winning streak to go against Kenny Omega. And imagine if that happened and Kenny defeated Hangman Adam Page to break that streak. That just means that... One, obviously, Hangman is broken, but he's not going to get so broken about it. He's going to realize what happened and he's going to train to do better and have a one up on Kenny Omega the next time that they meet, that he's not going to falter, that he's going to realize that this is just an obstacle to get over. And even though if he would have lost to Kenny and allowing Kenny to break his winning streak at that point, it would make for a better comeback story. But we're not going to get a comeback story. Hangman had way too many chances to try to make a comeback story, but he's too far gone in the I'm a fuck up story right now. I talk about Hangman the longest because I want him to succeed. And while this episode may feel like I'm bashing on him, I also want to give points from different perspectives and different points in time of his career where he could have changed his character where he could have evolved into a mature hangman that gets it that wants the gold and wants friendship as well but also wants to be recognized as number one it's just that his whole entire career he's always been second he's always been in the shadows and he never really came out from that he never broke out into being his own man and again he's with a group even though it doesn't feel like a group and it feels like friends but essentially on the surface level it's basically him with another group i need hangman to break out as hangman adam page be a confident cowboy and not lose to Brian Cage to make no sense in storytelling and dethrone Kenny Omega at the end of all this. There needs to be a payoff. AEW is not really good with their payoffs only because it feels like we have to get through the mud in order to get into the beautiful meadow that will be springing up once you get through the mud. But the mud is so fucking long that you're never going to get to the meadow until whenever they feel like they can't tell the story anymore. And this is why sometimes it's important to hire a small team of writers like myself, because I do have a degree in writing to help guide these characters, to help guide these stories, because sometimes you think because sometimes you think you have an idea, but when you get to a certain point of that idea and that story, you don't know how to add on fresh creative layers to it to keep it going. And all we get on AW programming are these breadcrumbs rather than morsels. And, you know, we still have to tune in every week to see what happens. But if you keep giving us breadcrumbs, 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 why is there no progression with those breadcrumbs? Obviously, don't give me the whole story in one sitting. I get it. It has to play out over time. But there are just certain storylines that need a little bit more push, a little bit more time on TV to develop. But if you're constantly having to fight for two hours to have everyone show up on TV and you're not giving us enough time with important stories like the elite and hangman, then 
you know, that's why it feels like we get breadcrumbs all the time. There are certain stories on AEW Dynamite that I believe should be on AEW Dark or AEW Dark Evelation, the main one being QT and Cody, but I'm definitely not going to go there in this podcast episode. But that's an example of something that needs to be on the YouTube side rather than on television because you really want the buzz to be around the elite and them being obnoxious assholes and hangman adam page and building him up as the savior because he is a day one guy it is almost like you know we'll go right into impact wrestling with this and how like Eddie Edwards is the lifeblood of Impact Wrestling and you have others that have been there since day one as well. And, you know, the people who are the lifeblood of professional wrestling companies are the biggest factor and they should have all the push behind them. So that way it can make other people get hyped and you could be cheering for your brand and want to make sure that your wrestler comes out on top. Like I was watching impact wrestling yesterday catching it on their twitch channel and the opening of impact wrestling has scott the moore in the ring and he's saying that impact is going to be holding qualifier matches and the number one contender will be determined on may 15th at under siege for impact wrestling and whoever wins that match will become the number one contender to face Kenny Omega for the Impact Championship title and the TNA Championship title. No one was angry. No one was throwing a fit. No one was yelling. No one was trying to ask the questions of how can you let Kenny Omega do this? You know, normal things that normal human beings experience. And I get it. It's professional wrestling. It's a show. So technically... You don't really have to do that. But if you want it to feel real and create emotional connections with the fans that are watching at home because there are no fans in the impact zone, then you have to show some type of human emotion, some type of sympathy, some type of anger, just some type of emotion to get us connected and want to feel the pain that you're feeling. You had an outsider from All Elite Wrestling come in and beat your top guy. Does that mean that Swan was never the top guy in Impact Wrestling because he got defeated by Kenny Omega, Mr. Seven Star Match, the best bout machine in the world of professional wrestling? Like, I understand the two calibers of these wrestlers, Kenny Omega and Swan, are different. They're on a different scale. But there was no way to draw this out. Maybe this match at Rebellion could have ended in a DQ, in a double count out, in some type of way where it protects both Impact and AEW. But now that we're here, we have a brand war. And the only reason why I would think I want it as DQ or count out or something that protects both men and both the titles is to draw this out a little bit more because right now it kind of fell flat knowing that Kenny has all the belts. Swan didn't even appear on this Impact episode to have some frustrations. We saw Moose in the back having frustrations with Scott the Moore, but he didn't come out to interrupt Scott the Moore and announce that all hell was going to break loose because the previous week before the pay-per-view, Moose even told Swan that if 
you lose the Kenny Omega, you have to answer to me. So there's some consequences to follow up. But this is what's wrong with taping shows ahead of time because things just don't make sense. If they were live every single Thursday, if they were live every single Wednesday, then definitely the stories would be a lot more better and it'll feel a lot more serious. But because it's taped... It's sort of like those can get out into the wrestling dirt sheets and be spoiled. If it's live, we really don't know what's happening. And I'd rather be surprised rather than spoiled in this relationship that's happening. I really do still think that the only benefit that Impact is getting is from the New Japan side by having Finn Juice come over. What I do want to mention is that Scott Demore gave Don Callis like an ultimatum because apparently in a contract that all parties signed is that if the champion does not show up on impact to complete his obligations, he will be suspended from both impact and AEW. That sounds like a small price to pay. Like it should have been something bigger. So Kenny and the good brothers do show up on impact to mess up the main event, which is a qualifier match that had Eddie Edwards going against Sammy Callahan. And so Finjuice came out and Finjuice attacked the Good Brothers. And now Impact has said that when come under siege May 15th, it is going to be a six man tag. Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers versus Finjuice and Eddie Edwards. That's going to be one hell of a great match to watch. I would definitely be watching that match. But again, the whole timing of everything of having Kenny just attack wrestlers out of the blue just because he can. Kenny is drunk with power, guys. Like, this is what I was saying earlier that Kenny doesn't really have closure from everything that has ever happened between him, Hangman, and AEW as a whole. And then now that he has the belts in his hand, he has all the power in the world and he's using it, obviously, unjustly. But... That is what happens when you get drunk with power. That is what happens when you are a four championship tyrant. This is why it would have been important if Moose would have came out and attacked Kenny Omega and started to raise hell within the impact zone because the Good Brothers already beat down Finn Juice. So did Kenny Omega. He helped out with that. But no one else from the back on impact came out to stop everything to attack Kenny Omega. And this is why it still feels one sided on the surface level because Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers are winning on someone else's home, on someone else's turf. You don't do that. Where's all the anger? Where's all the emotion that every single Impact star should have? You know, the Impact stars always say that Impact is home. Impact is everything and they love what they do. But when Kenny Omega comes around and the Good Brothers come around, no matter if they have a contract there or not, they're still disrespecting the home of Impact Wrestling. And yet then no one is really doing anything about it. And no one's really doing anything about it on the AEW side either. Kenny does what he pleases. The Young Bucks do what they please. The Young Bucks are obnoxious heel who wants to stay relevant by doing the Johnny Cage move from Mortal Kombat, from wearing the most expensive sneakers, from wearing the most outlandish gear. And again, the elite, the good brothers, they're all drunk with power in different ways. None of them has found closure in anything that they're dealing with. 
And while this is a really huge story topic to really dive into and to really bring to light and have fans enjoy it, it's not coming across as how maybe they want to. But then again, they're getting the reaction that they want. And that honestly makes for lazy storytelling. Lazy storytelling. Especially when you have to be petty and have a new bio every single day and poke the fans and the fans will poke you right back. And, you know, again, lazy storytelling. Do you know how you beat your haters? By not giving into what they want, by not stooping to their level so that way they know they've won. No, you beat your haters by changing up your style, changing up your thought pattern, changing up your wrestling philosophy and actually get in the ring and put on some damn good matches that have storytelling elements in there that will let people know that it's time for them to shut up the same way that they've been the same way that Twitter has been calming down about the AEW women's division. And the women matches that we've been getting, it's the same way what you do with the men. It's what the Young Bucks should have done rather than trying to be petty. You guys could still be petty heels to your own people in storylines. But that doesn't mean you have to take it to the internet to stay relevant so that way the haters can overshadow the people who want to help the people who give constructive criticism to things that need to be fixed. And I think it's just a mindset. It's a mindset that the Young Bucks are trapped in. And unfortunately, this is where we're at in professional wrestling with AEW. Not so much Impact. Impact is still doing their own thing. But it still feels like Impact is a little more to themselves rather than trying to be out there in the world of Twitter, in the world of social media. It has a very strong following. It has a very strong fan base. I'm not disregarding that. It's how you see it play out on social media, the way that AEW plays out all of their story on social media to let you guys know that AEW is here and we're going to be petty to our fans versus impact where they're straightforward and they're like hey we're having these matches hey we're gonna have this press conference with this person you know come join us you know it's a difference in experience when you as a fan are watching AEW and impact and then for those that watch New Japan Pro Wrestling that's a whole nother experience but I'll get into that experience soon by talking about the latest in the New Japan Pro Wrestling Dontaku series Other than that, I know it feels like I always rant in these podcast episodes, but there are a lot of things that need to be fixed and no one is listening and I'm still going to talk about it and you guys are still going to listen and AEW definitely needs to fix Hangman. I still believe Hangman should have never lost to Brian Cage. That just totally stops his momentum or lack of momentum in his destiny to dethrone Kenny Omega at the end I still want to see some emotion and some fire from the impact side going against AEW and trying to take back the titles because it's going to be fight or die and I really do love the fact that 
New Japan Pro Wrestling is allowing their wrestlers to head over to Impact Wrestling. So that way the fans over here in the United States can definitely get a taste of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm honestly excited for the New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact Wrestling partnership only because New Japan doesn't really seem to be like, yo, let me pay $100 for those ads and let's put some ads on Impact Wrestling. The only ads that they really do put on Impact Wrestling is the little video package of what wrestler is coming next, which congratulations to El Fantasmo again for coming over to Impact Wrestling and joining the X Division, showing people the power, the super kick that he has. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all from me. I'm going to stop it there. I just wanted to talk about AEW Dynamite and Impact Wrestling. And you guys may think that I've got all topic, but everything is relatable. Everything makes you think. My podcast is about making you think about something bigger and things that relate to each other. So if you enjoyed this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, please make sure to show me some love over on the social media side. You guys can definitely listen to this podcast episode on anchor.fm forward slash Square Circle Podcast. It would also be up on the amazing website that is www.ravagelands.com. And if you want to take this conversation further over on Twitter, make sure you are following me at Marie underscore shadows. I will soon be having my own Twitter spaces. So make sure you follow me, drop in a Twitter space, and we could definitely talk about professional wrestling and more in that little space. As always, you're listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.